This is The Big Game. I'm Justin Hargett. This week on the show, we're talking about the Winter X Games. Yes, the X Games still do exist. Uh, so does Sean White. And no, he did not win a medal this year. It's been a while since I was uh, interested in the extreme sport of snowboarding. Uh, probably since I was about 16, 17 years old. But I realized that the uh, the Winter X Games were happening in Aspen this past weekend, a four-day affair that also featured Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa. So it was uh, quite the extreme event, uh, even if snowboarding and skiing and most of the stuff is uh, has been legitimized by the Olympics in the last you know eight, ten years, whatever. So even though I haven't watched the Winter X Games in a long time. Uh, it didn't stop me from totally getting sucked into the stories of the snowboarders and the skiers and the snowmobile riders doing insane things that probably no sane person should be doing uh, on a ski mountain. So I highly recommend that you, uh, if you have a cable provider that lets you watch sports online, go go to ESPN.com, watch ESPN. Uh, and, and find the Winter X Games from Aspen from this past weekend. Uh, if, you're, if you're only going to watch a few, I'd say the men's superpipe competition uh, was really thrilling. Uh, snowmobile speed and style is just crazy and insane to watch. Uh, but probably my favorite competition uh, was Snowboarder X, a, a huge six-person downhill race, uh, winner-take-all. This week we're going to talk to Rachel Ekstrom. Uh, she's an amateur snowboarder, literary agent, and a proud yinzer. Uh, you should follow her on Twitter at Ekstrom Rachel. So we're going to talk about a, a couple of specific competitions, the women's snowboard superpipe, uh, as well as just a general overview of the state of the Winter X Games and, and kind of their relevance uh, in today's sporting universe. So now to that conversation. Hey, Rachel, thanks for coming on The Big Game. Hey, thanks for having me, Justin. How are you? I'm doing well. So it's been about maybe 10 or 12 years since I've watched any form of the X Games. Uh, but I, I was you know, trying to find a sport that was maybe just a little bit different, a little bit off, that I could talk about in between you know, college basketball and the Super Bowl next week. Um, and, I, and I saw a listing online for the Winter X Games in Aspen. I was like, oh, man, I, like, I forgot this even existed. I thought... Like the Olympics just kind of like took all of their sports and went home, uh, so I was I was kind of excited <laughs> to you know find somebody uh, to to you know sit and spend some part of four days watching winter weird alternative sports with me, uh, and I'm glad you volunteered. Well, thanks. I think you know it's the middle of winter, except for you. Everyone has tons of snow around, so it's definitely time to watch that kind of sport and yeah i mean the x games has a real 90s vibe to it you know I'll, sure. i think of alternative bands i think of that whole like grunge kind of time and i loved watching it i watched a ton of it and it was so much fun well so let's dive right into the uh, the competitions that we decided we were gonna both sit down and watch and talk about one of those was the women's super pipe competition which is the giant downhill 20-foot half-pipe made of snow uh, that riders launch themselves into and then try to get as much air and as big of a spin as possible. Uh, what did you think of the women's superpipe? 
Well, I really wanted to watch this because as a female snowboarder and one who has done a few half pipes in my younger years, <laughs> it was just mind blowing. I mean, I would go, I would basically ride down the middle of a half pipe and try to go up like one foot on the side. Mm. And it was so hard and scary. So when you see these like massive walls, it's really impressive. I thought it was really good. I thought the women were really tough, um, especially seeing them take some really rough falls. Yeah. Um, and it was pretty upsetting to see. So I know we're going to talk about this later, but Chloe Kim had taken a really bad fall. Was it in a practice? Yeah, I or think was it was it... in one of her first trial runs. She she went up the lip at the, on the last hit of the uh, of the half pipe. And just like kind of came down on her face, like on onto the lip of the, uh, the pipe. Yeah, and I couldn't tell. I didn't think she was wearing a helmet at that point, but after that point, she certainly was. And you know, it's really hard to watch someone. I mean, it looked like she could have broken her neck or gotten a concussion. And absolutely. she got up. She was, you know, she had a big cut on her face. Nose was bleeding, but she was okay. And. I don't know. I just, it's hard to see people take tough falls like that. I also really like the term amplitude <laughs> that the judges use. Um, and they were really, uh, or the commentators use, and the judges were really rewarding amplitude, which from what I understand is the, the height and time you're spending in the air when you go up the yeah. side of the half pipe and do your tricks. Um, and I mean, some people were, you know, like Kelly Clark was just going so much higher than everyone else and having a lot of amplitude. Um, and I like that term. I mean, it makes me think of of music and volume, but also attitude. And so I kind of chuckled every time they use the term amplitude. You know, it would be a fun drinking game. I, I chuckled um, at almost everything the commentator said. Uh, th there was one point <laughs> where I, I think I was watching uh, the first event, which was the men's super pipe. And one of the guys says to the other one, I cannot explain how difficult that is. And then I was just like, can you try? Like I, because I don't, I don't understand what you're talking right. about. So like, please try to explain to me how <laughs> difficult that was. That's your job, actually. Uh, yeah, because it looks scary and it looks impressive, but the whole point, or one of the things they want people to do, is make it look effortless. And unless you've tried it, you really don't know how scary it is. Yeah, but you know, you know. Yeah. Well, well, I haven't been on a half pipe that big, and I certainly was only doing it in a very dinky fashion. But I, you know, it was interesting also because the commentators, um, and I think the judges were all men. Um, yeah, occasionally, they were. yeah. Occasionally, you'd have a woman MC or on camera personality, but. I would have, and I don't know why that is. I wonder, were all the women who would be a commentator still competing? And, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, it seemed like a lot of the competitors were longtime veterans, especially in the women's snowboarding. There were people who have been doing it for nine, ten years, going for, you know, their tenth medal. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's a little bit, too. Is like they'd just rather stay out there on the slopes than uh, go into the booth. Right, like Kelly, it was like Kelly Clark's 11th X Games or s something like that. Yeah, um, and I think Jamie Anderson in Slope Style, she was her 10th medal in 10 tries. 
Yeah, I mean, I just think it was really awesome to watch because when I started snowboarding, I think I was about 13 years old. This was in the early 90s, and there were not a lot of girls or women on the mountain. It was just a couple, and you felt conspicuous, and you felt special and cool. And now, I mean, when you go... When you go anywhere, you know, Hunter Mountain in New York or somewhere in Pennsylvania or out west, you see, like, tons of little kids. You see women of all ages. It's more of an even split. Yeah. Um, so I really like seeing women doing these, like, these tricks and flying so high in the air. That was really cool. Well, what what's really interesting to me is is that it seemed in the Superpipe, not so much in some of the other snowboard competitions, but in the Superpipe, um, for both men and women, age didn't really seem to be a factor. And in fact, it, the older you got, the more of a hindrance it might have been. Um, so Sean White, I don't think he even meddled this year. But that gets me right to uh, Chloe Kim. Uh, we were talking yes. about earlier, she did the face plant on the uh, lip of the half pipe and then, you know, went on to do three, you know, pretty, pretty clean, very clean, nice runs. Uh, she's only 14 years old. And then she takes home the gold medal in what I thought was a rather uh, controversial decision. Uh, but what, what did you think of uh, her win? Okay, I, I may, I suspect I feel similarly uh, to you. First of all, Chloe Kim's amazing. She's 14 years old. Yes. 14. I mean, what, <laughs> that's amazing. That's so young. And. I know in the Olympics, you know, you see very young gymnasts and and certain sports have younger participants. But 14, I mean, just to have the strength in your body, the coordination and the maturity level to compete at this level is amazing. And it wasn't even um, her first year. This was actually her second year. Last year was her rookie year and she got the silver medal. Yeah. So, I mean, I really want to go on record as being impressed by her and commending her. Um, but I did feel like she was a favorite even before she, even before the finals started, mm -hmm. um, because of her age and, and also the story of the fall. I mean, she took this terrifying crash that just makes you cringe to watch that they kept showing and her resilience in, um, popping back up with a bandaid on her face and a bloody nose was impressive, but you know, they did play at the age thing a lot. Yeah, quite a bit. Too <clears throat> they, much, I you think. know. Yeah, I mean, she's constantly on her phone taking selfies for Instagram, which <laughs> I think is, you know, I think that's cool. But I mean, they we, had. I think they, we do the same, so I don't think we can. I would do the same, yeah. certainly. And, you know, she's got like 40,000 followers on Instagram or something, and they want to see that. Um, but they they made some comment about the commentators made a comment about after her fall her main concern was you know looking good for the cameras because mm -hmm. <laughs> she had injured her face and that's you know that's a very teenage girl thing to worry about um but i felt that the judges were letting her her very young age influence the scoring or kind of weight the scoring um I absolutely of her agree. runs a little bit i absolutely yeah. agree because the the biggest thing it came down to for me was that on all three of her runs she only did five jumps and throughout mm -hmm. the entire competition men's and women's super pipe they or at least in the men's super pipe they emphasize look judges want to see you hit that sixth jump 
and if you don't hit the sixth jump, you're going to get penalized. And so, so we're watching the final run of the uh, competition, and Kelly Clark has like just put up this like great score, or maybe it was when her first run was like a great score, and then Chloe com- Chloe Kim comes down for her last run on the mountain. And, you know, it, it looks really good. It's, it's fast. It's technical. She gets some height, but she doesn't get as enough amplitude as Kelly Clark does, as he mentioned earlier. Um, and she didn't even go for a sixth jump on any of the three runs. And so I, I just needed some more help from the judges to say, well, actually, we don't really care about the sixth jump that much. And then, but then I'd have a follow-up question if I had an interactive TV, and I'd say, well, then why did you care if the men had a sixth jump? Um, so, I mean, what did, what did you think of that? Is that where your, uh, your problem with, with the judging came in? Yes, I, I agree. And basically, in general, I would like more description from the judges or commentators why things were scored as they were, because I wasn't sure how certain things were weighted. Because... Honestly, to me, Kelly Clark, Kelly Clark's runs were more impressive. Her, mm-hmm. her jumps were the highest. She had the most amplitude, as you said, and she she was the only woman to do a 180. I mean, a 1080. Right. She was the first woman to do that in the X Games a couple of years ago. She's the only one that pulled that off. Um, she did more jumps, and I know that, um, I think it was her last run, that she did have a fall at the end. Right. And that devastated me. That made me very sad, and it was a sad ending to a great run. And I think they, obviously, the judges, a, a fall can negate a lot of other things, but I thought those other elements were more impressive. Yeah, but like, what, what bummed me out so much about that is, is she fell on that sixth jump. You know, and if she had just rode out like Chloe Kim, you know, she probably would have got a better score. And and I don't know. I mean, I guess that's, you know, the risk reward scenario. But I feel like you got to give her more points for for, you know, going for it and for landing that excellent run with the 1080 and all six hits uh, more than somebody that, that, you know, quite frankly, uh, didn't do that. I agree. And I I just want to commend Kelly because that was an amazing run. She's 31, which is over twice as old as Chloe. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm not saying, I mean, yeah, I think the judges were biased because of Chloe's youth and it makes a great story. Yeah, it was was a great story for, for the announcers to talk about. Yeah, but I also feel like Kelly at over twice her age is amazing and and I don't know. I mean, maybe it is. Maybe the X Games are about celebrating and fostering youth as part of the alternative image, or maybe there is something else going on. But I think if we knew more about the specifics of the scoring, that might shed some light on it. Or maybe everyone wanted that to happen. Yeah. I mean, conspiracy theory. Do you think Kelly took that fall? <laughs> <laughs> on purpose i don't think so yeah well and you know actually that kind of leads me to another thought is that you know there is something so inherently fun and exciting about uh watching someone do something that you kind of don't understand and then waiting for them to get a numerical score in return for it uh and then there's just like this excitement that builds and then when somebody gets a really high score you know it, it just like it makes it like so much more fun and exciting uh or you know, see somebody fall, and you know, then they don't even get like on the podium at all. But, yeah. 
but the so so for me the men's and the women's super pipe were kind of on the opposite spectrums of awesome i mean i enjoyed both of them but the way the men's super pipe ended was with uh this guy danny davis in his last run just kind of like putting up this huge incredible incredible like half improvised totally like freewheeling uh you know snowboard down the hill to upset uh sean white bump him out of third place um and also uh take the gold for himself um so it's was, it was very similar it was, a, it was a parallel thing that happened is that it came down to those those last couple of runs on the on the third heat uh for for you know the the medals to be distributed um but for some reason I just like they maybe they explained it a little bit better uh, for the men's super pipe than they did for the women's, um, but I definitely kind of left both of those feeling completely differently. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did Danny Davis have a really bad second run and then he came back from that? Because I, I remember. I think he did. Yeah. So that may be contributing to that the underdog or overcoming a bad run in terms of scoring and just mentally, you know, I give, I give him props for that. Um, but it was great to see the men. They got such, you know, they got such height on the half pipe. Um, and I know a little bit more about some of the backstory. There was a New York times magazine article on Sean white, I think within the past year, that was really interesting about just him and his business side and, his kind of evolution, um, mm -hmm. which which I thought was interesting. So obviously I knew the most about him and the other writers. Um, but going back to the scoring, particularly watching the slope style for men and women, I found that harder to understand how the scoring happened. Yeah, I felt that the let's, judges- Let's set up yeah. slope style a little bit for anybody that's listening. Uh, slope style is, you know, you're coming down the mountain, and they give you uh, a series of uh, six tricks. And the first three are like wall rides or rail rides. Like, you know, it kind of makes more sense for skateboarding because, you know, there are actually like rails and walls out in the world. Um, but there aren't usually rails on a ski mountain. Uh, <laughs> so so you've got to, you know, you've got to hit some tricks on those. And then you've got to go uh, on a series of three uh, increasingly larger and more annoyingly named jumps. Uh, I like those. <laughs> the last, I think the last jump they kept calling the money booter. And I was like, <laughs> money boot yourself, man. <laughs> um, and so, that, yeah, but like, I, I totally agree. Like, I didn't understand the scoring on that whatsoever. Um, but I, what, I, what I was able to get, I think, is that kind of the older the rider, the little more savvy that they were, the more technical they were, um, the better they did overall. Yes. Well, for the women, apparently, it was really important to do the rails um, and to jump up on the butter box, which is another hilarious term, yep. which was basically mm -hmm. like jumping on a roof on top of a Hummer or a Jeep <laughs> um, and hitting these wall things. That was really important, although it doesn't seem like there's that much variety and difference to me as a as a snowboard enthusiast, but not a technical expert in what you can do on a rail. Right. Besides go down it and not fall off, do it with some style, maybe do it with your opposite foot. Um, but those were really important to the judges. And then the big jumps... A lot of a lot of people were falling, were not able to land these massive, massive jumps. 
Um, and that was hard to watch after seeing them do so many interesting things to get to that point. Yeah, it seemed like there were really only maybe two or three writers who kind of consistently um, could kind of pull off the jump and make it look really clean. Um, the gold medal winner, uh, Sylvie Norendahl, uh, Jamie Anderson, who won silver, um, and then the, the next couple of people. But other than that, it was, it was definitely a lot of watching people fall. And then I can't remember if it was the men's slope style or the men's big air. I think it was men's big air where even the commenters were saying, the judges are being really mean. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they were scoring things so low. And to me, as an armchair enthusiast, it, it looked good to me what these guys were doing. Big yeah. jumps, interesting tricks, landing them well. And they were getting, I think, out of 50 per run, these scores in the 20s. Um, so I'm not, I would have loved to know what did they want to see, what could have made it, you know, what, what's weighing in that decision. Um, but also back to the phrases, the money booter, the butter box, and then also <laughs> talking about people's style. I mean, there's more technical writers and then they also refer to gangster style. <laughs> I missed that one. Wow. I got, yeah. I mean, some people ride with a real gangster style and <laughs> I gotta say, I love that about snowboarding. Yeah, I really yeah. do. I wow. think that's fun. I mean, these, these, like, like I said, I, I kind of laughed at these guys the entire time, but they were so incredibly knowledgeable of the sport. Um, and I just kind of had to keep reminding myself of that because they're counting these spins like that they're doing like instantaneously. It's like calling a, a fastball or a curveball right when you see it on TV. I'm like, I can't do that. And I can't differentiate a 540 from a 720. Like, I have to like think about, you know, okay, you spin around once and then that's 360 and then wait, how much more do you spin? Uh, so like I, I'm definitely impressed by them, but their, uh, their laid back bro dude accents are still totally hysterical. And I think that's probably why the Olympics doesn't hire them. Yeah, and but it's super fun and they're calling each other bro or by their nicknames and... Yes, I would have loved a few more women judges or women commentators, but I thought they were really respectful of the women. Sometimes they'd slip up and call them girls, but, <laughs> you know, I think that's fine. Well, I hope I didn't slip up in this podcast and call anyone a girl. <laughs> well, some of them are girls because they're very young. <laughs> um, okay, so we've, we've, we've covered a lot of the snowboarding, uh, I think, quite well. Uh, what other events did you watch? Uh, what did you like in the X Games? I mean, I'm really, like amazed that there aren't more sports in the X Games. There are only three sports. There's snowboarding, skiing, and then snowmobiles. Uh, and then it's just a matter of how many disciplines are in each of those. But, you know, uh, what else did you watch? What did you like? And what did you think was a waste of time? Well, I watched um, the big air, men's big air, which is basically doing giant jumps on a snowboard. I watched the ski super pipe. Um, which I thought was super cool, seeing skiers do these amazing tricks on a half pipe on skis that curl up at the back as well as the front. So right. you can land backwards and do all these cool tricks. I wanted to know more about um, the ones who used poles versus the ones who didn't use ski poles. Oh. And I remember when snowboarding started being a thing and Hidden Valley, which is a ski resort an hour outside of Pittsburgh, built their first half pipe. Skiers were not allowed on the half pipe. And 
snowboarding at first used to be this like edgy thing and like maybe they were kind of a menace on the mountain and <laughs> it it had a more like badass alternative vibe when it first started getting popular but then the half pipe i mean skiers were not allowed and even curious skiers i think my dad and i skied up to the top <laughs> to kind of see what it was like and it was there were signs and you kind of got dirty looks um and now skiers are going down the half pipe and doing like these huge crazy looking tricks i thought it was really cool i also love seeing the gopro shots on yeah definitely. the skiers um it was i thought that i mean it's just really impressive um also i think it's called snowcross the snowmobiles and i watched some of that and i man that sport is crazy yeah insane. and I would, anyone who hasn't seen this sport, I I suggest they run to ESPN.com and go look it up because it's these people on snowmobiles going over huge jumps, doing flips, flying off the back of the thing, barely holding on, these huge machines. It seems very dangerous. It's kind of like um, motocross, but on snow, but on a larger machine. And I... The and, and then are, on top of that, they're racing. They're like racing they're, another person. So they're trying to do it as fast as they can, as like stylish as they can. Uh, that yeah. that for me was was definitely my uh, surprise of the X Games of how much I enjoyed watching that because kind of going into it, I was thinking, all right, I'm gonna watch the snowboarding. I might watch some of the skiing, and I'm probably not gonna watch any of the snowmobiles, uh, just because it and it just like the big machine, the big like racing doesn't like I like. I guess I like to watch, like, some racing things. Maybe I like to watch humans race. I don't know. But, like, you know, I don't really like NASCAR F1 or anything, so I didn't think snowmobiles were really going to do it for me. Uh, but then, like, seeing them just, like, the the combination of the speed and the style, like, kind of won me over. Me too. And I don't think, I mean, I know there's a lot of skill and endurance in for people who race cars or motorbikes or boats or anything like that. But this did have a lot of physicality. I mean, to go over these jumps and do flips and swing this machine around up in the air, it does. T it was very acrobatic and athletic. Um, but I could watch. I watched it with my hands over my eyes. I mean, yeah. my main thought was, you know, um, what do their moms think? These these guys who do it. I don't think there were any women doing it, but I'm not sure. I would have to check that. Um, how do they physically accomplish these crazy tricks? I mean, I know there's a lot of momentum when you go over these jumps, but I really wanted to know how hard it was and what it was like. Um, and I'm also really curious how many people get seriously injured or die. Well, yeah, um, actually, from uh, that two two years ago, there was a death at the X Games with I think in a snowmobile event that they um, they have since eliminated. Um, it maybe yeah. it was freestyle or something like that. But I think that was kind of like maybe the equivalent of like a big air, like on a snowmobile. And that just seems uh, way, way too reckless to me. Um, but one of the guys that won, I think, a couple of the medals uh, at this X Games is the younger brother of the guy that passed away two years ago at the X Games. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That would be interesting to do an interview with him or read an interview with him. But... Yeah, I mean, it seems insane, but it's 
it's really impressive. And I want to know more about the psychology of the people that do it. Because the first time you attempt one of these crazy tricks, I mean, what is going through your mind? Um, so I kind of liked it. And then, you know, going back to your question about the, the three different sports, to me, it seems like way more than three because you have all the different formats mm. of skiing, snowboarding, and snowcross. Um, the Olympics has more sports, more listed sports, but I think X Games is about things that are alternative and trying to differentiate themselves from the Olympics. I mean, there are certainly Olympic sports that I would consider equally, you know, quote unquote, badass. It's like skeleton and the <laughs> yeah. luge. And they do have snowboarding now. And ski, My favorite is you know. the biathlon. You know, you ski and then oh, you shoot again. Yeah. Like what's what's cooler than that? I yeah. don't know. Um but I don't know what I would want to add to the X Games unless some other thing is being invented. Like, I don't know, would you parachute out of an airplane and then snowboard down a mountain? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Is there something you think they should have or you would love to see in the X Games? I don't know. I guess I just, like, in my mind, I thought there was, like, so much more to it. But maybe, like, when it first started, it was just snowboarding. And Is that possible? Maybe. I mean, I want to I wanna look into it. Um well, I because, guess I guess my yeah. question is, uh, so, you know, now that snowboarding is in the Olympics and they're kind of starting to adapt kind of a lot of the stuff that the X Games invented, you know, 10, 15 years ago, um, and then they've kind of given it this, you know, big international stamp of approval, um, does that make the X Games irrelevant? Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll go to another another line from the commentators. You know, at one point they said, quote, this is bigger than the Olympics. And I was like, I understand that maybe from, like, the sporting side, um, because it's older and it's been a little bit more, like, uh, like it's, it's just a longer tradition of it. But, you know, I didn't see any ads for this on ESPN. I didn't, you know, I, I found this because I was just kind of, like, searching for weird sports that were on TV in this window. So there wasn't really a lot of hype, and I remember there used to be a lot of hype for this stuff. So are the X Games irrelevant? Um, or, or, and if, if, if they are, you know, how do they, how do they get back to relevance? I think the X games still are relevant and still have a place because honestly, the Olympics has snowboarding now and, and a few more sports, but the way that fun and edgy sports are happening within the X games and then the way it's covered is a lot less stuffy and fun and I think gets like the lay person or the you know the normal viewer more interested and excited in these sports because it's more fun um you know the olympics are important they're inspiring and they're on you know regular network tv so on one hand that's reaching a lot of people who are not necessarily paying for cable or are interested in these kind of sports already. Um, but, you know, I just think the way that it's covered and the, and the kind of creative, wacky things that happen in the X Games is, is more interesting to me. Um, the Olympics, the Olympics are have so much gravitas. You don't see as much of the full competition because there's so many countries. You're kind of just getting the highlights. 
you also feel the weight of the world <laughs> for some of these competitors more so than the X Games. And they're just more fun. I mean, you're not going to get Wiz Khalifa um, performing <laughs> at the Olympics. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think, yeah, I mean, they had more of a moment when they were first starting out and snowboarding wasn't in the Olympics. Maybe they could add some more sports. Um, but I don't know. I think it's really bringing a sense of fun and like a wow factor to some of these sports that may make people want to do them more or watch them more. Yeah, that's really what I took away from it is like, you know, I, I've never been one to ski, really. Um, I've tried, you know, backyard snowboarding on, on a cheap, uh, you know, $15 piece of plastic. Um, but, you know, after watching this, I, you know, I really like those four days. Um, it was pretty easy to keep up with. It wasn't on all day. You could kind of tune in for an hour one day, tune in for an hour the next, and that was pretty much it. And then I was like, you know, by the end, I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe I should, you know, Go up to a mountain and, and try to go down the bunny hill on a snowboard. It, you know, could be fun. Yeah, and I just think they have the freedom to maybe add one or two related or totally different sports. Whereas for the Olympics, it would probably take seven years or something to add another sport. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the yeah, and the X Games happen every year um, too. So you can see people compete over and over and over. You know, it's. I think it's a little more accessible, yeah, definitely. even though it is on cable. Yeah, it, maybe it's not as alternative anymore, but it's definitely more accessible, and uh, yeah. I dig that. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Rachel, for coming on the big game. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Bye, Justin. Bye. That's it for the big game this week. Thanks for listening. Keep on subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Leave us a review if you like what you hear. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Jethro Target. I'd love to hear what you have to say about the big game. See you next week. Mm-hmm.